Welcome to Dr. CMD. Today we are doing things a little bit different. I'm Elizabeth, Dr. Carol Kowalczak's, or as I say, Dr. K, her podcast manager. And I am sitting down today with Dr. Boudreaux who is another doctor in Dr. K's office, which you actually probably heard her introduction not too long ago. It would, it would have been a couple episodes ago. And um, today we're going to talk about periods. And the reason that we're, we're bringing this up, first of all, is yes, periods are important. And you would think that we would know this. I'm in my 30s and I still, prior to this podcast recording, I had a lot of questions about my period. I feel like as women, we're not really equipped growing up or or really starting out in life, being really informed about our periods. And as I have three daughters, I've already put one while well, one's already had her period. And it was actually thinking back and like, gosh, I really wasn't equipped. I was like, yes, you got your period, but I didn't really explain it. Um, and we're, we really want to have this conversation. And obviously this podcast really focuses on women who struggle with fertility or honestly a woman as a whole, but a lot of episodes are really geared towards women with fertility issues or delays or anything like that. And so today we're just, we're having this really candid conversation about periods and the things you should know. Um, what is a period? I know it's really silly. What is it? What happens? Birth control, what we could do differently if you have daughters, when you have daughters and how we can really educate them moving forward into life. So I will let you take it over Dr. B and, and go from here. Well, thank you so much for having me on today. So I think it's, there's so, we have instruction manuals for everything in our life, like how to your toaster or your air fryer or everything, but we know so little, we don't have an instruction manual for ourselves and what's going on in our bodies. And, you know, I remember, you know, you kind of, as women, we are, or girls, we are kind of figuring this out on our own. So I think it's important to kind of take a step back because so many women that I talk to for in the fertility clinic don't really, don't really understand this. And really with any fertility treatment we're doing, we are just manipulating the period. And that that's what I do all day, every day. So my goal is to hopefully help us understand what a period is and some of the common questions women have about it. Oh, I love that. So, so what is a period? Tell us what a period is. <laughs> well, a period really is just a shed, the shedding of the lining of the uterus. So the lining of the uterus is not like a really smart organ or anything. It just responds to the hormones it's exposed to. So whether those hormones come from our ovaries in the form of estrogen and progesterone, or whether they come from things like birth control pills, all it's doing is responding. So estrogen tells the lining to grow and get thicker. Progesterone reorganizes it. And when you stop either of those, you have bleeding a couple of days later. So that's all that a period is really doing is telling us that it doesn't. I think so many people are like, Oh, if I have a period every month, does that mean I'm ovulating? But it's, that isn't always the case. And we can talk oh, a little bit more with one. Yeah. I didn't realize that. I, I know for me, I've been on birth control my entire life. So my gosh, 20 plus years. Um, I don't even know is it possible to not know you have irregular periods because you've been on birth control your whole life? 
Oh, absolutely. So birth control pills are just kind of taking over the job of the ovaries. So they're kind of like, hey, you sit this one out. I got this. And it's directly talking to the lining of the uterus. So it's going to tell the lining, it's going to give you estrogen and progesterone. And then you're taking those pills. So that's what is determining how long it is from the start of one period to the start of the next period. So it, it's almost like you have a you prop the door open or you prevented the door from closing with a door stopper. So you're taking those birth control pills and they're doing the job of the ovaries, but what those ovaries would have been doing while you were on the birth control pills, we don't know. So for a lot of women, you know, they're on birth control pills for years and years. And maybe over that time, if they weren't on birth control pills, their periods would have gotten more irregular over time, but we don't know that we don't see that because they've been, on birth control. And that's been controlling when they bleed and have their periods. So when you stop the birth control pills, it's really just like a big reveal, like, okay, well, what was our body doing all this time? And any changes become evident. So it's not a lot of women will say, well, gosh, did the birth control pills mess up my body? Or do they cause me to not have regular periods? And that's not the case. We're just, when you stop the birth control, it's like you've taken the door stopper out and it allows the door to close, but it doesn't change how the door functions. So you're just removing the thing that was caught, that was masking that. And so it can show, well, what your body has done. And we all know our bodies change over time. So what expecting that our periods are going to be, and our bodies are going to be the same after 10 years, I think is, is not, not usual. And I think that is, you know, we were talking about this is I, I'm, I love a lot of natural stuff. Also, and also I have four children. I am, I had really severe postpartum with my fourth. Um, and I, I just cannot, I cannot go through that again. And so birth control to me is kind of like that. Okay. It's keeping me a little, it's, it's my security. Um, so I have this part of me that's very scared. And I, I don't know if you hear this from women to go off birth control, um, in general, just because I'm like, well, what if this happens or what if my periods are regular or what if all of these different things? Cause I feel like, I don't know how long it takes to regulate your body. And I hear all this stuff versus like natural, you know, oh, well, you're not supposed to be on birth control. And it does all of this stuff to you throughout a lifetime. And, um, whenever I tell people that I'm on birth control, they're always just so shocked. Well, I think that there are a lot of misconceptions about what birth control does to your overall health. There is not any data that shows that birth control increases your risk for breast cancer. It can help prevent colon cancer. It can help prevent endometrial cancer of the lining of the uterus um, and even ovarian cancer. So there are some benefits to being on it, but certainly I understand there's a lot of data out there and they, that looks at hormones and the effect of hormones on our body. What I think is really important is that I... I, I'm with you. Like if there's a supplement out there, I'm, I've probably like tried it or looked up it, looked it up. Cause I'm like, Oh, but natural isn't always better. I mean, you can take a plant and it can have properties in it or compounds in it that have estrogen like properties. And really all an estrogen is, is a compound that interacts with the estrogen receptor in the body. So it doesn't matter where that comes from, whether it's from a plant or it comes from a pill, that is what makes it an estrogen, not whether it's natural or not. So I, I think we need to be careful about 
thinking that natural is always better. And I'm when we're looking at what we put in our bodies. Oh my gosh. I, you know, it's interesting too, when you scroll Instagram, obviously you follow, like I follow a lot of natural people and then I think about it. I'm like, but are you following anybody that's talking about birth control? So it's the information <laughs> constantly consume. So we're, we're constantly consuming information. Like my husband's, my husband just started on Instagram and his feed looks completely different. So as, as you're saying this, I'm like, it's so true. We do, we get caught in this natural is better. Um, and, and it's kind of becomes this shame inducing thing where people are like, wait, you're still on birth control. Why are you on birth control? It does X, Y, and Z to your body, or it could cause, you know, for women who don't have children yet, maybe feeling like, oh my gosh, I need to get off birth control because what if I have fertility issues or what if I don't have a regular period? And I actually, I think this is so good for younger generations. I actually met a woman who does not have children yet. And she said to me, yeah, you know, I need to go off birth control because I need to see if I have regular periods. So I know if I can get pregnant. And I thought, as you said, just because you have a regular period or you have a period doesn't mean you ovulate. I did not know that. Oh, absolutely. So I, you know, being on, if that is, if future fertility is a concern, I mean, certainly stopping the birth control pills and seeing where, what your periods are doing on their own is a great idea. Why not? I have absolutely no reason why that, but we also have ways that we can evaluate fertility potential without going off birth control. If that, if you want, if you're not ready yet, but you want to have an idea. So, you know, I think it's important to understand that knowing, getting an evaluation is really, really helpful. Um, but I don't think that you absolutely, you know, there's ways that we can do that without going off the pills. Um, you mentioned something about, you know, we kind of talked a little bit about ovulation and I'm just to talk a little bit about like what happens during the period. So when you are not on birth control pills and your body is ovulating every month, you know, if you're the textbook ovary is you have two parts of the menstrual cycle. So the first part, the ovary is growing an egg. So that's called a follicular phase. So it produces a lot of estrogen. And then that phase ends with ovulation where the egg is released. And then we have the second part of the menstrual cycle, which is where the ovary then switches and produces a second hormone called progesterone. So that reorganizes the lining and gets it ready for pregnancy. So if you ovulate and that egg is fertilized by sperm, then, and pregnancy occurs, then that pregnancy starts to make a hormone called human chorionic gonadotropin or HCG. So that's the pregnancy hormone. So that pregnancy hormone feeds back and tells the ovary like, Hey dude, we got a, we got a pregnancy here. You got to keep making that progesterone to keep the pregnancy going. And so that's why you miss a period with a pregnancy with a positive pregnancy. If you don't have a fertilized egg, then after about 12 to 14 days after ovulation, the ovary has not gotten that signal that it needs to keep making progesterone. And then it stops making progesterone and that drop signals the lining of the uterus to be shed and starts a period. So when we're looking at, well, what is a period and how do you know, 
you know, each person, each woman is going to, it takes about, it takes a certain amount of time for each woman's body to make an egg. So that can vary from woman to woman. The time from ovulation to the start of a period is going to be the same, about the same from woman to woman. So kind of if you're, when you're tracking your periods, it tells you, well, how long from the first day of one period to the first day of the next period. And so that should be pretty stable. So probably you know, like plus or minus, you know, a couple of days either way. If you're somebody that those are the, that that's what your period looks like, your, your cycles look like, and they're really regular, then you are, and you are likely ovulating each month. Now, if you're someone who is like some months you're, it's 21 days between periods and other months, it's 35 days. Well, then all bets are off. You might still have a period every month, but it's likely that you're not ovulating every single month. And that's where some of the other testing can come in to tell us, are you ovulating? Why are you not ovulating? And looking for other underlying causes. And a lot of those are correctable, like things like thyroid problems or high prolactin. So it doesn't necessarily mean like everyone has to go on birth control pills. Gosh, I, <laughs> I'm just listening to it and, and thinking to myself, wouldn't it be so different if when we were younger, our moms have the sat down and have this conversation with us because even like when I was younger and someone's like, go on birth control, you know, you should probably go on birth control. I didn't know why, like, I don't know why I should have been on birth control or what it, what it was doing. I just knew, okay, it stops pregnancy. And I know that when my daughter got older, that was a, a thing. I, I really, I had a daughter really young and I didn't even have the tools to equip her with educating her on a period or what it does or why it's important, like missing pills, why you can't miss pills. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, you miss a pill. You just <laughs> thinking back to myself, oh, you miss a pill. You just take two the next day. Well, and, and in general, I mean, it, I think you can take, if you miss a pill, you take two the next day. It may decrease the efficacy a little bit, but taking two or more that's where missing two or more pills, that's when you really start to lose the effectiveness and you want to have a backup method. Or if you're not starting your, if you're not starting your birth control pack in the first couple of days of your, after starting a period, then your body can start going down that road where it's growing an egg, it's growing a follicle, it's making an egg and starting the birth control pills then is like trying to prevent a, a, a rock or a snowball from rolling down the hill. Like it's already got momentum and it's going to be harder to stop that. So that's why it becomes less effective and using a, a backup method can be helpful. Oh my goodness. I know there's so much there. I, one of the things that we, you had mentioned is, you know, we don't really prepare our, our daughter, you know, we, most of us didn't have a whole lot of information about this when we were growing up. And what we did get was not really very helpful. It was for me, I started really early. So like, you know, I saw that video that talked about starting your periods and I was like, that wasn't helpful. I mean, I started my period my mom didn't think I was going to start a period yet. So I thought I was dying. So I think it's really important to to let girls know what could happen so that it isn't like, holy smokes, you think you're dying or what do you do if that happens at school? And, you know, and just even for 
us as women, like understanding how our body works is so important because I see so many women that are like, oh, I never knew that. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, why don't, why don't we know more? I know more about how to work my lawnmower than I did about my body. What are some common questions you get when it comes to people's periods? When you, when women come in looking or thinking that they have something going on when it comes to getting pregnant, what are some common things that you hear? Well, a lot of women are unsure if they're ovulating. So, you know, having like symptoms like tender breasts before your period or mood swings and having a really regular, you know, plus or minus a couple of days between from the start of one period, to the start of the next period per month. So like that interval is about the same every month. Those things can tell us that they're ovulating. Um, you can also use home ovulation tests, which look for, it's a urine test where you test every day starting around 10 days after your period started or cycle day 10. And that can look for the signal that the brain sends to the ovaries to get ready to release that egg. So that's the LH surge. So those are some things. Um, there's basal body temperature, which tells us because progesterone is a thermogenic and it increases the body temperature by about a half to one degree. So after you ovulate, progesterone levels are higher. It causes your temperature to go up. So measuring that can also give you an indication of if you've ovulated in the past, you know, past couple of days, the basal body temperature isn't as helpful for trying to get pregnant. It just tells you, you ovulated in the, you know, a couple of days ago, but we want to have the sperm and the egg interact as close to ovulation as possible. So having sex after your basal body temperature went up, isn't as helpful. Um, those are some things that, that women will ask about ovulation, but you know, some spotting before, like, does it matter if you have spotting before you have full flow? Does that affect your fertility? I mean, it may be a, it may tell us that there is, um, something like a polyp or some type, sometimes there's a irregularity in the lining of the uterus. Sometimes it can tell us that the luteal phase is short, which is, you know, your progesterone levels drop um, earlier than we'd expect. Sometimes it's just a matter, it just is how our bodies naturally work. And that's just a, a normal part. So there's ways that we can evaluate those. And if patients have questions, I really think that, you know, talking to your, your physician is going to be really helpful in understanding better what's going on and what's what needs to be valued and what doesn't. Yeah. Even, even something as you were talking, I was thinking about is when you were talking about follicular and ovulation and luteal, and this is probably like a whole nother episode, but the things that happen in the body, as far as like, I know when I'm in luteal, I feel like the world is against me. I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> the world is ending. I'm starving. I'm so different. But when I'm in follicular, I'm like, I want to take on the world. I'm like, let's do this. Like, what can, what can we do? And then, um, really getting to menstrual. I think there's this negative part to menstrual where it's like, oh my gosh, you're on your period. It's miserable. It's you're going to PMS. You're going to do all this stuff. But what I have found is during my period, it's like the best time for me to go inward and really evaluate things and really kind of treat it like pregnancy a little, I know it sounds silly, but it's a little bit more of a time to nurture myself. And I, I think we just, we don't have that conversation and we don't give ourselves enough credit. Like we men do not have to worry about periods. Like 
even hearing you say all this stuff like tracking and ovulation and we have to wear basal check our basal body temperature and all this stuff like it's a really powerful thing that we have the ability to essentially grow a human and carry a human you know oh. like it's just amazing it, it really is it really is and i mean our bodies are incredible and I think it is so refreshing to see that the monthly evolution of what our bodies are doing rather than seeing it as like a dirty thing or it's as a negative thing. I am not by any means saying that everyone should like embrace and be like the happiest person in their life when they have their periods because (laughs) can be painful and they can be messy and there are parts of it, but it is an amazing thing our bodies do each month and really like taking that time to appreciate what our, what our bodies are doing in this and in so many other ways too. Yeah. Well, even thinking with our, with our kids, right. So when our daughters have it, if they see us, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm on my period and I'm PMSing. Then when they go to have their period, they, they really think it's such a horrible thing. And so, you know, I don't know, can we change that narrative? Cause even something you, like you were saying, I, is it normal? Is it really normal? I, th- I think this is a big question I have because I see it in the natural world, right? Is it normal to have PMS? Like, is it a normal thing? Cause they're like normal. So the things that I I've seen are like, well, if you're, you're, you shouldn't really be cramping a whole lot and doing all these things. So I'm like, okay, this is where all the information gets so confusing is I grew up. Okay. I didn't feel like my period was good enough if I wasn't cramping. <laughs> Isn't that silly? Like no one's like, no girl, it's, it's not normal. Like it doesn't have to be painful. And so I think there's this part of me that's like, how do we do a better job educating ourselves so we can educate our girls so they know that it's not this, it doesn't have to be horrible. You know, your period is different than somebody else's. So my experience is different than my daughter's experience or this, or like, when is, when is a period not okay? Like when is a period not normal? And when should you ask somebody or seek help? Does that make sense? It totally makes sense. I would say if you are someone who feels like, you know, just talking from PMS, do you feel like that stops you from doing the things that you want to do? Are you having to take time off of work because of your period symptoms or because of pain? If you are having excessive bleeding to the point where you feel like extremely fatigued or you're soaking through your, I have some patients that are wearing overnight pads all the time because they're having so much bleeding. So, you know, if you're having significant bleeding like that, or you're having debilitating pain that isn't helped by, I mean, some pain is, is fairly normal. Um, but if like you're taking Motrin and that's not that's not touching and you have to stay home from work or you feel like your mood is so changed that you're not able to, to function. Those are things that you definitely want to see, you know, get an evaluation and find out what we can do because we have things that can help and they aren't all hormonal. It isn't always a birth control pill. There are lots and lots of different treatment options that we have for patients um, and including exercise, I know like the last thing I want to do when I'm on my period is exercise, but when I do, I feel so much better. And it, it's been shown to help with menstrual cramps and 
So these are, you know, we don't, it doesn't always have to be like, well, here's your problem. Here's a prescription for it. I mean, there are lots of things we can do. I think it's that proactive approach, right? What can we do now to, so that when we are experiencing that or our daughters are, how can we be proactive and not so reactive where it's like, here's your problem. You know, here's this, this is what we're going to do to fix it. Well, what can we do? Like exercise. You want to know what's so crazy? You saying that I honestly completely forgot about that. Yeah. I, I mean, don't care enough. You know, I, I, and there are some things I have a friend who said something to me. She was like this fitness buff and she'd like go home after like a 24 hour shift and work out. And I'm like, how do you do that? And I'm like, aren't you exhausted? She's like, Nicole, I would be exhausted whether I went to the gym or not. So I might as well go to the gym and do something good for myself. So I'm kind of, it's kind of the same thing with your period. I mean, I'm not saying if you have debilitating, horrible periods, you should just push through it. What I am saying is that we're going to have that period, whether or not we, you know, no matter what. So Hi. doing things that are good for our body, we could, it can be helpful and may help the period get better too. So that's what I love about this conversation. It's for a woman that experiences regular periods and maybe you're listening and you have not had babies yet. And you're like, Whoa, my mind is blown. I didn't know any of this. Or you're somebody who like me has had four children and still has questions about her period, literal questions. Um, I know before we came on, I was just kind of having a conversation as I started my pack early or late because I was in Italy and I was like, what's happening in my body right now? Like, Nobody says like, Hey, by the way, you're, you potentially, all I can think is if you listen to past episodes, Dr. Case talked about ovulation and, and I know Dr. V just talked about it too. Like when you, the later you start your period or your, your birth control pack, the, the, the Boulder example was really good. Let's just put it that way. It's already rolling down the hill and I'm like, Oh gosh. Okay. That really makes me nervous. But even in my thirties. So if you're someone listening and you still don't know, there's no shame in that. I, I want to make sure as I have two little ones, my one is 10, which scares me because I know it's right around the corner. Her period is right around the corner. And then my little four-year-old, I've got, I've got some years, but I want to make sure we're having that conversation. And it's not this like, ew, that's gross or shame inducing thing or thing where she thinks something's really wrong with her. And I know when my daughter, she started late actually. And she was like, mom, everyone's talking about their periods and they got their periods. Is there something wrong with me? Cause I didn't get my period. And then oh. I'm like, gosh, should I talk to somebody about that? But she was a dancer. So, so when I had asked my doctor, he was like, it's possible her body is just different. And I'm like, why didn't anyone tell us this? Like, it's just stuff. Like, what can we do differently? So I think anybody who's listening, if you have daughters or if you're struggling with fertility, there's so much little, there's so many little nuggets in here that you can get from this and they have you as a resource. So you, they can come to your office. Can you tell us Dr. B where, where they can find you? Give us some information. Um, just the office. I know you have several locations, just, just share the stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So before I get into the locations, um, just, you know, for those who have daughters or sisters, there's a really nice book. It's a very like, it's not in depth about sex. It's just talking about changes in the body. It's by American girl. And it's all about me. 
And that is just a great resource. Sometimes it's just a good conversation starter for girls as they, as you're thinking, Hey, you're starting to get closer to, you know, having those changes. And so that's something, and you can get it at Target or Amazon or Barnes Noble, wherever. Um, so I really like that book. As far as offices, absolutely. We um, So I am in Plymouth, uh, which is at Haggerty and Ann Arbor Road. And then we also have the office in Bloomfield. And, you know, if you're somebody that doesn't live close or, you know, driving that distance or your schedule doesn't work, we do a lot of telehealth now. So if there's one good thing that came out of the, the pandemic, it's telehealth, right? So right. nowadays you can be having your doctor's appointment from the comfort of your home. So that can really make a difference for a lot of patients. Okay. I know. Yeah. You guys have some great stuff. And I, I will link, we'll make sure that the book is linked in the show notes too. So you can purchase it wherever you purchase books. But I, I wrote that down and I am going to purchase it for my, um, my 10 year old, because when you said you got yours early, I was like, is that possible? She's 10. Like, I just feel like she's so little still. You get it when you're 10. Yeah. 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 If you get, if you start your period before you're eight, that's considered abnormal, but yeah, like I started mine when I was nine, I was in third grade. Right. What? I know. Right. So you're like, Holy crap, this poor kid, you know, I, I guess I did start mine in fifth, in fifth grade and I had really big boobs and it was really, it was really awful. Right. Oh, I know. And you're like, you just want to fit in with everybody. And then you've got like boobs and you've got this period thing to deal with. So bad. You think you're in a diaper and everyone can see it. Right. And I mean, who in third grade has like a purse that they're carrying with them? So how do you even like, you know, so even having like a period pack where you have a cute bag or something that you can have some things in there in case they need them, like wipes and pads and a change of underpants or something, because, you know, you're, you're a kid at school and how do you navigate these things? So yeah, I think that's a good idea too. I was just thinking about those, you know, those period underwear. I wonder if it would be good for, yeah. for I don't, yeah, I'm going to, I actually am going to look on the website. I'm curious if they carry that for young girls. Now I'm, there's just, so, I feel like there's so many good things and you made so many good points. Is there anything you want to leave us with? Is there anything that you're like, I really want you to know this, um, well, I mean, I think really understanding your body, there's a lot of good period trackers out there. If you're trying to figure out like, where do you start? I would say the period trackers, there's um, flow. There's a couple of really good ones out there um, that can tell you, Hey, what's going on with my body and starting to gather that information, I think is huge because patients will bring that in and I can see what's been going on over the past, however many months you have a favorite I say, one. Um, I think flow, I have a lot of patients that use flow. Okay. Um, you know, if you're looking for ovulation or if you're looking for fertility, there are other, there are some other apps out there too. Um, I'll, we can maybe link them in the I'll notes. Link them. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be perfect. But if you have concerns or you're wondering, is this normal? I think go in and get your questions answered, find out, you know, you shouldn't be feeling, I have patients that have lived with bad periods for so long that they think that's normal you know, go in and be seen, talk to your doctor. And I think that's really starting that conversation with your doctor is key. Mm, I love this. Thank you so much. I feel like we, this was a great kind of opener. We need to have more conversations like this and really be candid about periods. Like it's so crazy. You think 
it's a period. Why are we so scared to talk about periods or young girls around? It's a stigma, right? It is. It's like a bad thing. Like you, you're upset. So you must be on your period. Oh my. Okay. I feel like this is, we could have this. Yeah. We need to have, I know, like, I know. that's like another, another like two hours, but yeah. So I like we can change this. Like here, here's the celebration that our body's doing what it's supposed to be doing. Yes. Like, hallelujah. We're a miracle. Yes. Oh, I love this. Well, thank you so <laughs> much. Yes. Thank you so much. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. If you are not subscribed to Dr. C and the D, make sure that you are because you don't want to miss any good episodes like this. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. 